0: Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer coronavirus update. If you're in lockdown, just like me, don't worry. I've put together some of the best bits from my talk radio breakfast show into this daily podcast so you won't miss any of the day's biggest coronavirus updates. Enjoy and stay safe.
1: Across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker. Talk radio. Well,
0: let's turn our attention to the Lord Chancellor and Justice Secretary Robert Butler, who joins us now. Good morning to you.
2: Good morning,
0: Julia. Good morning. Um, let, let's talk, first of all, about the, those, those figures that suggested we do have the third highest coronavirus death toll in the world per capita. Very important to make that a, a distinction. Belgium has the highest, Spain second. Um, a lot of this is down to the fact that we're now obviously including care home deaths, uh, deaths in the community, and also a lot of deaths where the COVID is just on the death certificate, suspected, not even tested, people yeah. with coronavirus who may not have died of coronavirus. Um, is it, is it even possible to make these sort of international comparisons when every single country compiles their death tolls completely differently?
2: Well, Julia, I think you make a really powerful point. And the point that your previous caller made about it being too early to really understand what the figures mean is vitally important. You know, every death is a tragedy. And that's why we're all, not just the government, the British people taking collective action to fight this Virus. But I don't think we'd be forgiven if we spent huge amounts of time trying to, uh, you know, work out what is frankly a matter for uh, after this, uh, rather than concentrating on the here and now and the practical steps that we need to take to reduce the transmission rate. You know, that R rate that we've heard being described, the transmission rate of this virus has been going down. In our community, it's below 1%. But there are certain areas where it's still too high. And if we collectively you know, stamp on this transmission rate and keep it down, then that means we can start to uh, you know, leave the lockdown at a sensible time. Uh, the more vigilant we are, the more collective we are in our action, the more successful we will be. And um, you know, I, I think tribute needs to be paid to the British people for the way in which they've stepped up to this and got on with the job and uh, saved lives and protected our NHS.
0: Uh, well we we were told you know over a month ago by our senior uh, medical and scientific advisers in those press conferences that uh, you know asked you know what would be a good result in terms of the overall death toll and, and we were told you know twenty thousand would be a good result and now we're looking at a death toll uh, that is uh, twenty six thousand we are you know, we're, we're past we 'd passed the peak but that we're on a plateau that's taking a very long time to come down who knows what's going to happen if we get a second spike or not who knows what's going to happen in other countries but um, we can now can we not all agree that we we have not seen a good result? Do you agree that the the death toll so far suggests that it's not been good?
2: Well, Julie, I don't think any death is a good result from this virus. So I, I, I don't think we're, we're in the realms of good. I think we're in the realms of a crisis and an emergency and it's been a very grim time for all of us, those who've actually had the disease, uh, bereaved families, uh, people who are still recovering from it, uh, all of us who've had to change our lives, frankly. And you, you've been broadcasting from home now for a gallon 38 days. Uh, you know.
0: All oh, the- no, I, st- I started a week earlier
2: than everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we've all, you've been playing you're doing your bit, uh we've all been doing our bit to uh save lives, and you know I think that uh watching uh the statistics uh I think that we have been you know making headway, but the p m is right this second spike is a real worry. It would be awful if we you know thought, yeah, we're out in the woods now let's all go back to normal and then suddenly found that we were hit by a second wave, and then had to, you know, go back into this all over again. That would be a terrible moment for our country. That's why I think that uh, we need to be cautious about how we move forward, look at the evidence, be cautious, be sensible, take the British people with us, but remember that, you know, government can issue di- directives and orders, but if it's up to each one of us to take the necessary steps uh, required in order to beat this uh, disease. I thought the PM's description of it, you know, he was wrestling with it. Yeah, we're in a fist fight with this disease and it ain't over yet.
0: Okay. Uh, well, I mean, a lot of people are saying that actually, you know, we, we'd have a better chance of, of tackling it and could have kept numbers down. And again, it's all very easy with hindsight, but a lot of people were saying it at the time, if we'd kept testing, kept up testing and tracing as countries like South Korea and, and, and Germany did. Uh, there was a point when we actually were testing a lot more per uh, the population than many other countries, but we stopped that testing in mid-March. Um, in terms of this testing target, many are saying that Matthew Hancock, your colleague at Health Secretary, pretty much plucked that 100,000 figure out of uh, thin air in it's a, it's a randomly chosen uh, number for a randomly chosen date. Um, there's been a big boost to the number of, um, of yeah. tests that have been carried out. Tuesday, 52,000 tests were carried out, but that's you know, still a long way from the 100,000. Um, do you think that when we do get the figures for who's been tested today, yeah. that you will hit that target? And if you do, and if you don't, does it matter?
2: Well, I, I, obviously, we haven't got those figures yet, and I don't know. But uh, even if... That target is not met uh, by the evening of today. We are getting uh, close to it. And I think in the next few days we will get there. But it's not of itself the end. You know, we need more. Uh, And the PM talks about a quarter of a million that's the direction of travel in which we're going. We're going to continue ramping this up. I think Matt would have been criticised if he'd come up with some meaty-mouthed target of say 30,000 and then you know expected a pat on the back if he'd got there. I think he was right to be bold and to be challenging it wasn 't plucked out of thin air it was something clearly that he thought about and considered with his officials uh, and he wanted to be ambitious uh, and look look what 's happening the number continues to rise the capacity continues to rise and also how you get the test you know it 's not just going to be in the test centres. There's The mobile units so the home testing which is increasingly available That's
0: but that could have been done weeks ago that 's the criticism and again it's not it's not just criticism and pointing the finger for the sake of it people were crying out for the that weeks ago? Well I
2: think we had to make a decision didn't we about you know the scale of this and I think have we continued with the you know uh, the tracing uh, um, um, mechanism which you can do in terms of small scale numbers and you know smaller populations that was one thing but of course we were 65 million people in this country some of whom live very close to each other in in international cities like London. uh, I think we have to make a decision to say, right, this could be something at scale. We therefore need to take a whole-scale response about uh, staying at home and saving lives the whole of the population needs to be involved in this i think that was the right call uh, i think it's resulted in some remarkable outcomes really good outcomes look at what we've done in, mm-hmm. the, in the health service in terms of capacity incredible stories there and also you know the general approach of not just the government but of all agencies has been continues to ramp this up uh, to 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 a, sta- a stage where we're not over the woods but we are going in the right direction
0: okay and um, well let's talk about your particular area of responsibility as justice secretary yeah. there's a lot of concern about uh, prisons uh, low risk prisons prisoners are supposedly supposed to be released but we've only seen a handful of them released uh, in in the time that uh, you you've pledged uh, of course big concerns about the virus spreading through our uh, aging victorian prison system but also pretty much the collapse of our criminal justice system in uh, inability to have uh, jury trials huge backlogs Long before uh, we had the pandemic, is the criminal justice system going to ever, uh, you know, get returned to normal? And if so, how long will it be?
2: Well, it, it, this is going to be a huge challenge. We're already using technology in ways that I couldn't have imagined a few weeks ago to do uh, phone hearings, to do uh, or uh, video hearings to deal with as many cases as possible. You know, particularly administrative hearings cases progression hearings, things that need to be done to get cases through the list. What I'm seeing is that uh, we've had a downtick in the number of cases coming into court uh, but the backlog has sort of remained fairly steady and therefore you know, there's going to come a time when we might have a bow wave of cases coming through. But uh, listeners will be glad to know that the senior judiciary and I are already working on this, planning as to what that might look like later on in the year and being ready to make sure that we can cope with uh, any particular uh, you know inflow of cases and in prisons, what we've done is a combination of measures. We've quarantined prisoners who come into the estate for the first time. We've segregated vulnerable prisoners from the rest of the estate. We've uh, shielded and segregated prisoners who are symptomatic as well. We've increased capacity, the number of cells within uh, prisons. We've uh, also uh, made sure that. Um, Uh, cases uh, in court that uh, need to be dealt with by way of non-custodial are dealt with. We've cleared already about 3,000 places in prisons uh, through those measures the early release scheme uh, is something I need to use very carefully it's not something I wanted to do frankly uh, I don't like the idea of releasing prisoners early. What I don't doing, think many of us do. No I, I certainly didn't but we are we are risk assessing those prisoners okay. and we're releasing it where it's safe to do so and I think that balanced approach is yielding some good results at the moment.
0: I do want to ask you if we could just keep this very brief, because just one more question after this, I want to ask you. Uh, but um, um, yeah. what chance have we got that we are going to have some details of what the exit strategy will be when the Prime Minister uh, attends his very first press conference uh, for, for a month at Number 10 tonight? Are we going to get any hint at all of what sort of time frame we're looking at after we've all spent so long now in lockdown?
2: Well, cabinet's meeting this morning, and uh, I think it'd be premature of me to prejudge what might be said i think i think where we are is that uh, we've always said that the evidence of the sage committee is going to be important we've got those five tests about avoiding the second spike i think that's what the pm will be focusing upon making it clear to the british people that he won't make any moves we won't make any moves until we're satisfied that we can avoid that second spike Uh, and i think you know it's that approach that clarity that we will hear from the pm
0: just finally we've got to celebrate two birthdays. Obviously the birthday of Boris Johnston and Carrie Simmons, a new baby boy announced it yesterday morning, but also today, one hundredth birthday of Captain now honorary colonel Tom Moore. Are you marking both of those birthdays?
2: Oh, I certainly will be. I mean as honorary colonel Tom Moore is an extraordinary figure. He's the best of British uh, and we should be uh, marking his extraordinary achievements uh, in, in a suitable way. Uh, I can't think of anybody else who's encapsulated the spirit of the British people better than Tom Moore. And we all owe him a huge debt of gratitude. He's an inspiration.
0: Absolutely. And uh, how will the Cabinet be marking the birth of Boris Johnson's child this morning? Well,
2: I I think we're going to get down to business, but I'm sure there will be some congratulatory words said. And we wish both Boris and Carrie and their new baby boy uh, all the best for a successful future.
0: Justice Secretary Rob Buckland, thank you so much for joining us. I very much appreciate that. It's coming up to you
1: online on DAB and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up.
3: plushcare.com slash weight loss
1: online on DAB and on the talk radio app talk radio
0: Right now, though, let's talk about the people who do travel, whether they're wanted or not, the, particularly the illegal migrants who cross the Channel. Uh, the uh, official figures show the 476 illegal migrants uh, have travelled across the Channel from France to the UK uh, in just the last month. In fact, that only takes the figures up to last Saturday. And, of course, those are only those who have been discovered, who have been found by the authorities. There may be many more. Of course, none of them are having any sorts of coronavirus checks. And, indeed, many passengers, traveling legally into our ports and our airports are not facing any checks at all well joining me to discuss this is the brexit party leader former MEP for many years of course Nigel Farage good morning to you
1: good morning Julia
0: lovely to speak to you now you traveled down to East Sussex uh, during the lockdown uh, the other day to record a a video and interviews with people uh, on the beach where a huge number of illegal migrants have been arriving what are your concerns
1: Yeah, I mean, I started sort of talking and writing about this a few days ago um, when I saw some of the figures of the numbers of people being brought into Dover. Um, I'd also been tipped off uh, that some of the people who'd been coming into Dover had been showing very clear signs of suffering from coronavirus. So you haven't just got the illegal immigration issue here, you've actually got a disease uh, control issue as well. And I was amazed the number of members of the public but got in touch with me from up and down the south coast to say, look, this is going on. It's worse than anybody thinks. The authorities don't seem to care. So, yes, I headed down to East Sussex uh, to see what I could find. I went to one very deserted beach at a place called Pet, uh, where apparently lots of boats have been coming in over the last year. And I then met somebody in Hastings, um, a commercial fisherman, who said he saw a boat uh, just last week with 29 people on it, so a fair-sized vessel. And the 29 just ran up the cliffs and disappeared. So there's a new dimension to this. We know that 550 people have come into the country via this route since lockdown began. But how many are coming in and just disappearing? And I think there are two things to say about this. Number one is that, you know, Pretty Patel in particular and this government said they would get tough on this issue. They haven't. And number two... There appears to be almost wall-to-wall media silence on this. I know we're going through a huge national crisis with very large numbers of people dying, uh, but I think this is something that people care about. And so I made a little video, you know, of of my visit down there, and a lot of people have watched it.
0: Well, indeed, more than 1.1 million viewers. Uh, and again, you, you say people are media silence about it right now. There's been media silence about it for many years. Um, and or, or often a, 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 an unwillingness to acknowledge this happening. Like we all know how limited our resources are in the channel patrolling our, our uh, Our our ports uh, and and indeed certainly the empty beaches across the entire south coast. So if we're looking at, you say, 550 since lockdown that we know about, we can assume many, many higher numbers uh, are coming, which we don't know about. Um, The focus in the media today appears to be criticism of you for breaching lockdown rules, travelling 100 miles from your home in Kent to film the footage. Would you like to answer that criticism?
1: Well, I mean, is anybody allowed to do any media work in this country? I mean, mean, aren't there journalists at Captain Tom's house today for his 100th birthday? I mean, I was going out to cover what I think is a very important story um, and uh, something that, if we dealt with it properly, might bring fewer coronavirus cases into the country. So these sort of complaints, uh, you know, this is what you get from a certain section of the population who complain about everything. They're not valid. They're not justified in any way at all.
0: Yeah, indeed. I think a lot of people might share that. I mean, this is the concern, isn't it? Preti Patel, the Home Secretary, she was uh, finally in front of the Home Affairs Select Committee, obviously by video phone, uh, yesterday. And she's promised yesterday again another fresh crackdown on people travelling, uh, from France and, and trying to instigate a system where the French, the, the, the uh, migrants could be returned to France rather than even ever setting foot on, on British land. But, um, we've seen fresh crackdown after fresh crackdown after fresh crackdown. They never actually seem to result in any fewer people turning up on our shores. No.
1: No, there's only one way to deal with it. Tony Abbott, the Australian Prime Minister, dealt with it back in 2008 um, when large numbers were coming to Australia by boat, albeit travelling longer distances. Um, And Abbott made it clear, anyone that comes to Australia illegally by boat will not be given refugee status and not be allowed to stay. And that stopped the boats from coming. Um, And I'm afraid uh, at the moment we're allowing the French authorities to walk all over us. We look weak we look pathetic.
0: Um, and this is it. We, we know, you know these people are often coming from camps uh, in uh, in northern France, which are which have, understandably, given the conditions in these makeshift camps, are rife with coronavirus. We know France obviously has a very high uh, rate of infection as well. Uh, and, uh, and and therefore, the fact that these people are coming into Britain completely untested, very likely, as you say, some actually seem to have some of the symptoms of coronavirus. They are they are. This is this is not irrelevant. These are people posing a bigger risk to British people here already. Oh,
1: yes as i say there were two people in one of the boats in dover a fortnight ago who were very very clearly showing the signs of suffering from coronavirus um i'm pleased to say that at last um our lifeboat crews and our border force now do have ppe because in the early stages of this they didn't even have that but you know it's almost as if there's a big sign hung on the white cliffs of dover which says illegal immigration is worth it yes You know, pay the gangmasters the €5,000 or whatever it is. Provided you get across the 12-mile line in the middle of the channel, you will be allowed to stay. There is a a very, very strong incentive for people to pay pay these criminal gangs because virtually everybody gets to stay.
0: Yeah, indeed. And again, people are claiming asylum. And a lot of the media reporting of this, again, referring to asylum seekers, refugees. But, of course, these are people fleeing um, not not a war zone. They're fleeing France, which last time I looked was a pretty safe country.
1: Well, ever since 1951, when the United Nations gave the definition of what a refugee was, and it's something that's been regarded as an international standard now for 70 years, you claim refugee status in the first safe country you get to. Um, And here we are. You know, we've left the political part of the European Union. We're negotiating to leave the economic part of it. Um, And it's about time the government stood up and said to the French, up with this we will not put. But... I'm afraid uh, whatever Priti Patel's instincts herself may be, um, it appears she's very much reined in by this government. I mean, that's the illegal aspect, Julie, that we've talked about. I mean, yesterday yeah. she talked about legal migration, namely huge numbers of people coming into our main airports from all over the world without a single piece of testing, of quarantining, even of, even of advice being given. And when Patel was asked about that yesterday, she said, "Well, that's what Sage told us to do," as if to say, "You know, I didn't really agree with it, but that's where we are." But there so, was an argument, wasn't I, there? That
0: when, when the once, once things were, once the virus was very widespread, there was no point carrying, carrying on doing that because it's such a small percentage of infections. But again, of course, if, if perhaps we had been doing it much earlier, we then wouldn't have seen it so widespread. All these people coming well, from I report bringing I the mean, virus. I mean, look in.
1: on the day, on the day that lombardy was locked down and that was a sunday nine weeks ago all right on that very day that they locked the region down so bad uh, had the pandemic become in, in in that part of italy on that day 17 flights came in from milan's malpensa airport into uk airports without anybody being checked without anybody being given any advice whatsoever and i'm quite certain that when we have an inquiry into this in in months or years to come, you know, we will see that we allowed ourselves to import this disease and the British government did nothing. You know, 130 countries in the world have flight restrictions, quarantine restrictions of all kinds, and we have literally nothing. Um, And I think it, it kind of illustrates that this government was really very, very slow to wake up as to what a risk this could be.
0: I was just going to ask you, how do you rate the government's handling of the pandemic? But that rather answers
1: the question. Well, you know, I mean, at, at the very moment when the Irish government were banning uh, their St. Patrick's Day parade in Dublin, at that very moment, uh, we were holding the Cheltenham Festival with co- a quarter of a million people going to the races that week, being in very close physical proximity with each other. Um, and it, you know, we, were, we, we underestimated this uh, we didn't, despite all the tests and trials that were done back in 2016 when this was looked into, uh, we found ourselves in a very poor state of preparedness. Um, and I think, we, I think we can see from the five o'clock daily briefings that most uh, of our leading politicians are career politicians who've never done anything in the real world, uh, who've not been able to uh, to engage um industry to get things moving uh, boris is by far the best of the bunch um and, and uh, you know and let's hope um he can really impress us today at five o'clock but one mystery we were told a week and a half ago that lord dayton was taking over the role yeah of yep. providing and distributing ppe to our health and care services And we haven't heard a single word from Lord Dayton. Has he gone missing? Has he been taken ill? I really would like to know.
0: Okay, I've seen a few things of him on Twitter, but that's it. Uh, Just finally, very briefly, um, let's talk about uh, the Brexit talks. Uh, The government has said repeatedly they will not allow any uh, extension to the transition. Uh, Do you uh, support that? Do you think, actually, in a pandemic, um, it it doesn't matter if it moves? We've already left the EU.
1: Well, well, we've left the EU politically, but we haven't left economically. Uh, The Germans are taking over. Mrs. Merkel's taking over from July the 1st, the rotating six-month presidency of the European Union. Her goal for that six months is to set minimum tax rates for the European Union, to put into place a European health service, um, to harmonise corporation tax rates, and crucially, to bring in a financial transaction tax. If that was to happen... And that's what Mrs. Merkel wants to do. All of those rules and laws would apply directly to us because we are still paying money uh, to, be, to, to be in this thing. We're in the single market. We're in okay. the customs union. Any laws they make directly apply to us. And I, I cannot think uh, of anything that could be more damaging than a financial transaction tax. Uh, to this country. Furthermore, okay. I have to I'll have to leave
0: night. have to leave it on that issue of Brexit. There, just one final, very quickly, a quick word, Nigel Farage. I'm sure you'd want to pay tribute to Captain, now Honorary uh, Corporal uh, uh, Tom Moore, uh, Honorary Colonel, sorry, Tom Moore, on his 100th birthday. Send your birthday wishes.
1: He embodies honesty, decency, duty, patriotism, and service. He's a wonderful man. Happy birthday. Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio.
0: Right now, though, let's turn our attention to uh, who dares to ever get on an aeroplane again. Simon Calder is travel editor at the Independent and joins us now. Good morning to you. Good morning. Now, look, one thing you and I absolutely share is a love of travelling to <laughs> yes. far-off places. Um, and uh, there's been some looking into by experts into you know how we can get back to flying internationally, assuming when countries actually uh, you know end their lockdowns for non-essential travel. And we are looking at a very different experience in the airport and on the aeroplane. Tell us what we're looking. Well,
3: that all depends. Um, there's an interesting story in the Times today saying that we will need to get to the airport four hours ahead to go through all the medical checks before we're allowed on board. It's also saying that um social distancing, as applied in uh, real life, if you apply that to an airplane, would mean that you had uh, uh, just one fifth of the normal number of passengers on board, which would be great in terms of legroom, of course, but um, disastrous in terms of airfares and profitability. And there is still no understanding of how the world will look when finally we're allowed to travel for fun again, Julia. Uh, Whiz Air, as you've reported, um, starting 15 uh, routes from Luton Airport from tomorrow. Those are not for people wanting to go on holiday to the Canaries or to Israel. Um, they are purely for people who desperately need to get home to loved ones, um, essential workers and so on. Uh, it's, it's not for holidays, but... Um, Sooner or later, of course, we have to start flying again. Um, yeah. And when that happens, there is uh, an utter lack of any clarity about what the rules will be. Some well, indeed... Airlines- uh- Sorry. So
0: some of the airlines are going to do things differently, aren't they? I mean, you mentioned we'd only have, say, a fifth of the passengers so people could sit uh, spread uh, spread around the plane with that two-metre distance. But we know that but budget airlines in particular, they need to fill at least 80% of their seats even to break even, let alone make a profit. So not only will we see them, obviously, they'll be having to sell those tickets at much higher prices. I imagine there still will be enough people willing to pay sky-high prices for airlines. That means that, uh, you know, these sort of holidays, they're going to be, air travel like that is going to be, just simply not even remotely affordable for the vast majority of the population. But also it means there'll be a lot of um, routes which which aren't vi- financially viable, whatever price people pay. And so we're going to have a very limited selection of, uh, of destinations as well.
3: Uh, yes, it all depends, of course, on how things uh, turn out and the speed with which a vaccine might be developed. And indeed, once it is developed, the speed with which people can get uh, vaccinated. And you might remember travelling around um, uh, with a, with a, a vaccination booklet, which has got all these stamps and doctors' signatures saying that you've had yellow fever, hepatitis or whatever. So you've got that. Um, We might have those reappearing simply for hopping across to Spain or Italy. And uh, uh, because nobody knows, all you can do is say well, here's what's happening at at the moment, and those flights um, which start up tomorrow, they will have social distancing, but that's going to be really easy. Leaving the middle seat empty when you've only got a couple of dozen people on a plane is not very difficult and there will be a lot of scrutiny on what the required distance is i remember when you and i first started talking about this in february which seems like about a million years ago the world health organization i went back to my notes at at that time um before we talked um and uh, they were saying one meter is the distance that you need to keep from somebody or rather they said in order to contract this nasty virus you've got to spend at least 15 minutes in less than one minute meters distance from other people now I'm not a medical person I don't know what the answer is but the airports the airlines are desperate for some international agreement to be a bit like the security check you know that the security check at Heathrow is going to be much the same as JFK and Hong Kong and Madrid airports and they want something which looks like that Across
1: the UK Online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker. Talk Radio.
0: Thanks for listening to today's Julia Hartley Brewer coronavirus update. Please don't forget to like, comment, and most importantly, subscribe. And you can catch me live on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 till 10.
1: Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra.